Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is Wednesday, December the 9th, 2020, and welcome to episode number 231 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is, of course, WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw on the line here with you as we get set to talk about the latest pop culture news and views courtesy of our friends at 411 Mania. Also, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we'll be bringing you, of course, tonight's pop culture, history, and birthdays. Plus, also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you some, some uh, of course, wrestling news tidbits before, before tonight's episode of Revolution to get you in the the wrestling spirit, as we always do here, of course, each and every week in the radio network. If you care to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444, caller ID 141-387-POUND, and most definitely press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here tonight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is now 6.28 p.m. Eastern Time. As we said, of course, on uh, Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Let's go ahead and proceed to 411 Mania and check out their latest pop culture uh, news and views that they have here, of course, here. <clears throat> they have lined up here for tonight. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, we do thank our friends, as always, in at 411mania.com here, of course, for allowing the WCWS Radio Network to read their stories on all of our shows, of course, in addition to Outside the Ropes, of course, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, as well as Power Hour, and also WCWS This Morning, among others. First story we'll bring you here, of course, tonight here, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, this is uh, came out yesterday from Jeremy Thomas, and we'll go ahead and read it. Uh, as George Lucas talks about why he sold Lucasfilm to Disney. George Lucas' Lucas's sale of Lucasfilm to Disney was a watershed moment for a blockbuster filmmaking in 2012, and Lucas has revealed his reason for doing so. Writer Paul Duncan shared a portion of his book, The Star Wars Archives, 1999-2005, which features comments from Lucas regarding why he decided to sell the company. Lucas noted that it was difficult for him to give up control of his family, but chose to do so in order to prioritize his home life. George Lucas says, At that time, I was starting the next trilogy. I talked to the actors, and I was starting to gear up. I was also about to have a daughter with my wife. It takes 10 years to make a trilogy. Episodes 1 to 3 took 
from 1995 to 2005. Lucas said, I'm still, I'd still be working on episode nine. <clears throat> in, in 2012, of course, I was 69. So the question was, was I, was, 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 am I going to keep doing this the rest of my life? Do I want to go through this again? But I decided I'd rather raise my daughter and enjoy life for, for a while. He went on to say, I could not have sold Lucasfilm and gotten somebody to run the productions, but that isn't retiring. On The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, I tried to stay out of the way, but I couldn't. I was there every day. Even though the people were friends of mine and they did great work, it wasn't the same as me doing it. It was like being once removed. I knew that probably wouldn't work again, that I'd be frustrated. I'm one of those micromanager guys, and I can't help it. So I figured I would forego that, enjoy what I had. I was looking forward to raising my daughter. Also, I wanted to build a museum, which I'd always wanted to do so. So I was thinking, if I don't do this now, I'll never get that done. Lucas also shot down the rumor that he was just sick of the franchise. Noting I spent my, my life creating Star Wars, which was about 40 years, and giving it up was very, very painful. But it was the right thing to do. I thought it was, I was going to have a little bit more to say about the next three because I had already started them. But they decided they wanted to do something else. Things don't always work out the way you want it. Life is like that. Of course, Paul Duncan said this on a Twitter handle back on December the 3rd. He says, why did George Lucas sell Lucasfilm in 2012? He tells me why in this extract, extract from my new book, the hashtag Star Wars Archive Episodes 1 through 3, my unboxing video here. And of course, there's a link right there if you want to go to that. That, that tweet right there and pull that up. Our next story, ladies and gentlemen, comes to us here from Jeremy Thomas. As led as the, the le legendary, of course, I believe this is the studio, reportedly not happy about Godzilla versus Kong and Dune heading over to HBO Max. Let's go ahead and read this story. This was, came out yesterday as well. Warner Brothers' big reveal that its 2021 film slate is arriving in theaters and on HBO Max has Legendary, the company behind Godzilla vs. Kong and Dune, upset. As reported last week, the studio made the unprecedented announcement that its full, full film schedule for the year would be day would, would be the uh, day and date on theaters and on the service. And Deadline has revealed that Legendary was upset that its expensive films are being included in that. You may recall a little over a week ago, it was reported that Legendary had been offered over $200 million to put Godzilla vs. Kong on that service that Warner Bros. shot that deal down. Legendary financed 75% of the two films' uh, spending budgets and were reportedly had no advance notice about Warner Bros. announcement. The site reports that Legendary either has or will send legal letters to Warner Bros., challenging the decision to put Dune and possibly Godzilla vs. Kong on the service. The site adds that no one is happy about the Warner Brothers deal in terms of people who are involved in the distribution process, such as production studios, theater chains, and the like. While they understand Warner Brothers is in a tough position right now, they look at the idea that a vaccine for the virus is coming. Of course, that vaccine may take a good while to distribute, and movie goers may still be hesitant to go to theaters for a while. Legendary has had no comment on the reports of their dissatisfaction with the matter. Godzilla vs. Kong is set for release on May 21st, while with Dune set to arrive on October the 1st of next year. So we'll definitely have to be keeping our eyes open on this right here, folks. And of course, this, apparently there's, this is going to be a legal situation, it appears. Jeremy Thomas has also posted the story as a, the new logo has, really been, has been released for the Mortal Kombat reboot. Mortal Kombat arrives in theaters on HBO Max next year, and the reboot's logo has been released online. Star Louis Tan posted the image on Twitter late last week following the huge news that all of Warner Brothers' 2021 film slate, including Mortal Kombat, will be re released both in theaters and on HBO Max day and date. Of course, you can see the logo. Of course, there's a, there's a link on his Twitter account there which has, has, to say the least, a strong similarity to the franchise's typical settings. The film stars Louis Tan, Ludi Lin, Chin Han, Jessica McAmey, Hiroki Sonata, Joe Taslam, McCad Brooks, Josh Lawson, Sissy Stringer, uh, Elisa Cadwell, and Tadanubu Asano. 
as directed by Simon McQuoid. Hopefully I can pronounce that correctly. The film is currently set for release next year, though the specific date has yet to be revealed after it was moved from its January 15th release date. So you can check that out, of course, there. Um, if uh, <clears throat> You can check that out there as well if you care to chime in on that. Of course, obviously, you know Mortal Kombat is obviously based on the video game franchise that, was, that started back in the mid-90s. And, of course, it's still pretty popular today, as a matter of fact. Jeffrey Harris also posted this story on Monday as Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise trailer reveals the characters Nemesis Prime and Galvatron. The battle for Cybertron continues. Netflix dropped the latest trailer for the second season of the CG animated series Transformers War for Cybertron. Season 2 is dubbed Earthrise and debuts on the streaming service later this month. Of course, you can also check out the new trailer right here on this page. Following the events of the first season, Siege, the crew of the Ark are lost deep in space and appear to fall into the clutches of the creators of the Cybertronians, the Quintessons. Meanwhile, uh, the Autobots who were left on Cybertron continue to fight against Megatron on the war for freedom, and Cybertron appears to have already been lost. Interestingly enough, the trailer shows appearances from what appears to be Nemesis Prime, oftentimes the evil clone of Optimus Prime in Transformers Media, and also Galvatron. Typically, Galvatron is the resurrected version of Megatron in G1-related Transformers fiction. However, Galvatron is shown conversing with Megatron in some form here. Or do you remember the first time everyone ever heard of Galvatron was in the 1986 animated Transformers movie that came out. And I think it was voiced by the late Leonard Nimoy. With the already announced third season of the show being Kingdom, featuring a mix of both G1 and Beast Wars era characters, this could suggest that some time travel shenanigans might be in the works for the greater Transformers multiverse. Perhaps the Headmaster's version of Galvatron finally got out from underneath an iceberg and is trying to realize his dream of transforming into Grand Galvatron. Transformers War for Cybertron Season 2 Earthrise drops on Netflix on December 30th. Here is the official synopsis. The War for Cybertron continues with the second chapter, Earthrise. With the all-spark gone, Megatron is forced to confront the harsh reality that his Decepticons are trapped on a dying Cybertron while also fighting the persistent threat of Elita One and her Autobots. Meanwhile, lost in the darkest reaches of space, Optimus Prime and his team embark on a desperate mission that will push them to the breaking point as they travel to uncharted new worlds to face space-faring mercenaries, enigmatic figures from long ago, and even their own creators, the Quintessons. And there's a trailer right here on this page, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to, of course, check that out there as well. Transformers has gone through a whole lot here in the, um, since, since, of course, obviously in, in the last 37 years. So, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Another story came out here on Sunday as a new uh, poster for WandaVision was released ahead of next month's debut. Marvel Studios and Disney have released three new posters for WandaVision ahead of the show's upcoming debut next month. With the show's premiere nearing, nearing closer, Disney will likely be ramping up the marketing campaign in the coming weeks. The new images showcase the show's retro sitcom style, which appears to be a veneer over a dark truth that is being slowly peeled away or broken through. You can also check out the new poster images, of course, on here on this page. The upcoming show will serve as the first Marvel TV show for Disney+. It stars Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany reprising their respective Marvel Cinematic Universe roles as Wanda Maximoff, also known as the Scarlet Witch, and also Vision. The series comes from director Matt Shackman and head writer Jack Schaefer, and it drops on January 15th of next year. Here's official synopsis for the new MCU show. WandaVision is a blend of classic television and the Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Vision, played by Paul Bettany, two superpower beings living idealized suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. Of course, there's a lot. There's several tweets here for, from off the WandaVision Twitter account. If you want to, of course, check that out. 
one was posted on the fourth, one was posted on the fifth, and another one was posted on the sixth of this month. So definitely check that out here, folks. Uh, let's see here. Our next story here, folks, as of course it is now at 6.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Ashish posted this story, uh, I believe this was on Saturday, as Ava DuVernay and, Arrow and, an, and a writer from the show Arrow is, are going to be adapting DC's Naomi for the CW. Deadline reports that Ava DuVernay is set to adapt the teen superhero story Naomi into a series for the CW. She'll be working with Arrow writer and producer Jill Blankenship on the project. This will be another DC project for DuVernay, who is already set to, to direct the film adaptation of DC's New Gods. The show will focus on a teen girl and her journey from a small town to the heights of the multiverse. The, to the comic series debuted last year. The CW has another DC series, Wonder Girl, in development, along with Painkiller, which is a Black Lightning spinoff. So be on the lookout for that here, folks, there indeed. This is a story I read here um, back, uh, this, this came out over the weekend here, ladies and gentlemen. This was what really caught my eye. Um, I was going to, let me bring it here to you one more time, in case you haven't seen it. Of course, Ashish posted this story back on the 5th as the, as the next Plastic Man movie is now set to be female-centric. So let's talk about this. The Hollywood Reporter reports that Kat Vasco, from the, who did the movie Bat, Blacklist, has been hired to work on the upcoming female-centric Plastic Man movie. Amanda Idoko, who was who who uh, um, who I think wrote the script for The Mayor, was originally hired two years ago to write the script for the movie, which is based on the DC Comics franchise. Vasco is expected to take the project in a brand new direction, including the film having a female lead now. It remains to be seen if this means the name Plastic Man will need to be changed. The original Plastic Man character was created in 1941. Plastic Man's true identity, Patrick Eel O'Brien, was a crook that got doused with a mysterious chemical which gave him the power to shapeshift and stretch. Plastic Man was also part of the Justice League for a period of time as well. Vasco has been in demand for Hollywood, in Hollywood recently for her ability to write female-centric stories. So we may, so we'll have to see how this, like I said, we'll have to definitely see how this turns out here. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how this, how they, how they adapt this Plastic Man character as a female. So it'd be very interesting indeed. Jeremy Thomas posted this story back on Friday as the, uh, Oscar Isaac, if you remember him as Poe Dameron in the last several Star Wars movies will be playing the character Solid Snake in a movie based on the video game Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid has found its Solid Snake in none other than Oscar Isaac. Deadline reports that the Sony adaptation of the hit video game franchise has landed the Star Wars and X Machina star in the lead role. Jordan Vaux Roberts is set to direct the film, which was written by Derek Conley, who did Jurassic World. The latest draft of the script has been turned in, with additional casting expected to start soon. Created by Hideo Kojima, the Metal Gear game franchise follows Solid Snake, a retired soldier who infiltrates a nuclear weapons disposal facility to neutralize the terrorist threat from Foxhound, a renegade special forces unit. He attempts to liberate their two hostages, the head of DARPA and the president of a major arms manufacturer, and, stop, and stops the terrorists from launching a nuclear strike. So this all be a very unique... Uh, this all be a very unique uh, uh, situation set up right there, folks. Jeremy Thomas also posted this story, of course, on Friday as production starts on Disney Plus Cassie and Andor series, and also the Obi Wan series is to start filming in January. Filming has begun on the Disney Plus Rogue One prequel se series, focusing on Cassie and Andor, with filming sets set. Start on the Obi Wan series. Start on the Obi Wan series next month. Diego Luna appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live and confirmed that the filming has begun on the Cassian Andor show in London. Luna talked about the series premiere pre series premise, saying it's basically everything you have to know to understand Rogue One, 
the story of the character before. I can spoil the ending, I guess. It's nice to go into a story you already know the ending. Now you can take the new nuances and the layers. I think it's fun to do something that isn't just about getting to the end. It's about delaying that. In addition, production list reports that Star Wars Kenobi will begin filming on January 4th in both Boston and London. The series will star Ewan McGregor reprising as well as Obi-Wan from the prequels, along with Naomi Scott, who did the, the Aladdin movie. Plot details are being kept under wraps for the six-episode series. So we'll definitely have to wait and see how that all uh, transpires. And one more quick story here, ladies and gentlemen, before we proceed to our pop culture history and birthdays here. This story came out back on last Thursday. Uh, most of Scream 5's cast does not know who the actual killer is. Let's, let's read this. The Scream franchise has tried to keep fans guessing about who the killers are, and even much of the cast doesn't know for the latest film. William Sherrick, who is producing the fifth film, told Cinema Blend that the cast is still in the dark on who the killer is, thanks to the multiple versions of the script. I think the two things to remember for us, Sherrick said, one is there are multiple versions of the draft out there, and most of the cast don't know if they have the right version or not. So we've been playing that game with them as well. And the fun of a Scream movie is that everyone is guilty into a proven innocent, not the other way around. So the goal is to keep that going for as long as possible and have fun with it. This isn't the first time that Scream has kept the identity of the person under the ghost, mask, ghost face mask a secret. Scream 2 didn't reveal the final pages to the cast until the last moment after an early draft leaked online with four different killers. Derek, played by Jerry O'Connell, Hallie, played by Elsie Neal, Cotton Weary, played by Lee Schreiber, and Mrs. Loomis, played by Laurie Metcalf. That resulted in rewrites and the ending being kept secret, a situation that was referenced in Scream 3 when the film within the film had multiple versions of the script to obscure the ending. The new film... Stars of returning Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Marley Shelton, while new cast members include Dylan Minnette, Mason Gooden, Kyle Gallner, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mikey Madison, Jack Quaid, Melissa, Melissa Barrera, and Jenna Ortega. It's directed by Ready or Not's Matt Benatelli Alpin and Tyler Gillette from the script by James Vanderbilt and Yacht Music and releases on January 14, 2022. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with our some of our pop, latest, some of our most recent pop culture uh, news and views here, of course, here for tonight. Uh, <clears throat> once again, we thank 411 Mania for providing that here to us here this evening. Let's give this one more time while we, get, while we of course, pull up here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, 1605-562-0444. Caller ID 141387-POUND. Episode 231 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. Of course, it is 6.48 p.m. on Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw here, of course, here on the line here with you. Just as a brief reminder, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget tonight's episode of episode, nice episode number 922 of Revolution here. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, we'll be bringing you our wrestling news and views of the evening. Plus, also, of course, our wrestling and some more pop culture history and birthdays. And, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spend the, spend the night uh, talking about, of course, what happened Sunday at, of course, NXT TakeOver War Games. There was a lot to be said about this event. And, of course, keep in mind, normally we do talk about, of course, AEW and uh, uh, the results of AEW and NXT. Uh, to, uh, on on Wednesdays, but of course we moved that so we can talk about NXT Takeover War Games. So the results and the rundown of both AEW and, and, and NXT will be moved. Will both take place tomorrow night on NWO Wolfpack. But be sure to listen to us at nine o'clock tonight for episode nine twenty two of Revolution one three eight zero five five pound. Of course, at nine o'clock p.m. Be sure to of course check that out here as well. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, let us give me just one second here, folks.
give it just one second here, ladies and gentlemen, while we, of course, get gather this up here. Okay. I think we... But uh, give us just a moment here, but I think we do have it up here, ladies and gentlemen. And now, now, ladies and gentlemen, let us now turn to our pop culture history and birthdays here for today, December the 9th. Let's go now to our pop culture history and birthdays here, of course, for today, December the 9th, as we start with the events that took place in movies and TV, of course, on this date in history. On this date in 1960, the first broadcast of Coronation Street took place on, Brit on British's ITV. On this date in 1965, a Charlie Brown Christmas, the first Peanuts animated special, premieres on CBS in the United States. On this uh, two events took place in 1968. Number one, uh, KRNE TV 12 uh, in Merriman, um, uh, uh, NB, which I think that's probably New Brunswick, that's probably up in Canada, which is a PBS affiliate, begins broadcasting. Also, in the same year, Terence O'Neill, North Ireland's prime minister at the time, makes a television appeal for moderate opinion and was known as the Ulster. Stands at the crossroads speech. Uh, of course, we, we move ahead 20 years from that. We have two moments that, on, that took place on this date in 1988. The New York Yankees signed 12-year television contract with Madison Square Garden for $500 million. Also, a premiere of, of the, of the fact-based crime drama film Mississippi Burning. Everyone remembers what, what that movie was about, yes. On this date in 1990, the 23rd annual NAACP Image Awards, the movie Coming to America, of course, you know, with Eddie Murphy, wins, wins the Outstanding Motion Picture Award. And on this day in 1997, Tomorrow Never Dies, the 18th James Bond film, of course, which starred Pierce Brosnan and Michelle Yeoh, premieres in London. We have some birthdays, of course, here to talk about here. Uh... Give me just one second here, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll we'll definitely get this uh, we'll definitely get this calculated here for you. Uh, <clears throat> Margaret Hamilton, of course, every, everyone remembers, ladies and gentlemen, she was best known for playing. The Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, of course, along with the late Judy Garland, uh, was was born on this date. She would have been 118 years old today. She passed away in 1985. Uh, let's see here. Our next, bir next birthday, of course, uh, next star who has a birthday today needs no introduction. Of course, the one and only Kurt Douglas, of course, legendary actor, of course, and father to uh, Michael Douglas, uh, today would have turned 100 and 
four years old. He did pass away, of course, earlier this year. And also, ladies and gentlemen, Judy Dench, who uh, was as was always a main staple, of course, on uh, British television, and even played uh, uh, the character Q in several uh, of the latest James Bond movies. I think starting with Pierce Brosnan and then moving up to, of course, Daniel Craig. Today she turns 86. Today, uh, some 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 deaths here, ladies and gentlemen. On the date 1692. William Malfort, who was an who was an English actor and dramatist, sadly dies at around the age of 38 years old. He was approximately 38 uh, when he passed away. On his day, 1944, Layard Crager, who was an actor who was in the movie Charlie's Aunt and Hangover Square, sadly dies at the age of only 28 years old. On his day, 1976, Nino Martini, who was a, an actor from Italy. Who was in the movies *The Gay Desperado* and *Here's the Romance*? Sadly, dies of a, from a heart attack at the age of 71. And also on this day, 1979, Fulton J. Sheen, who was an archbishop and a religious broadcaster, sadly dies in New York City at the age of 84 years old. Uh, some three weddings, of course, to wed to mention. On this day, 1989, *Baywatch* and *Knight Rider* actor. Uh, David Hasselhoff, who was 37 at the time, weds actress Pamela Bach, who was 26 at the time, at the Little Brown Church in Studio City, California. On the day in 2005, actor Matt Damon, who, of course, was known for the Oceans movies as well as the Bourne, uh, the Bourne uh, franchise, who was 35 at the time, weds Argentine-born Luciana Barossa, who was 29 at the time, at the Manhattan Marriage Bureau near New York City Hall. And also in the state in 2006, Lucy Davis, who was from the show The Office, who was 33 at the time, weds actor Awan Yeoman, who was 28 at the time, at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And one, and a, and a one divorce to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, on this day in uh, uh, 1982, Mary Beth and William Hurt, Sadly, divorce on this date in nineteen not in uh, nineteen eighty two. Now, ladies and that's it for our movies and TV. Now, let's go to music on this date, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, yes. Uh, on this date, eighteen forty two, Mikhail Glinka's opera Rush, Russian and Ludmilla premieres in Petersburg. I believe that is also in that is in Russian. Yes. On this day, 1905, Richard Strauss's opera Salon premieres in Dresden. On this day, in 1954, Dmitry Shoskovich appointed honored guest of Royal Swedish Academy of Music. On this day, in 1961, two events took place on this day, 1961. Number one, from the second city, closes at Royale Theater in New York City after 87 performances. And the, and the show Let It Ride closes at Eugene O'Neill Theater in New York City after 68 performances. On this date in 1964, John Coltrane's quartet records their greatest work, a love, which is entitled A Love Supreme, at Van Gelder Studio in Eaglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. On this date in 1967, the late Jim Morrison was arrested on stage for disturbing the peace at the New Haven Arena, Connecticut, making him the first rock star to be taken into custody during a Performance. And also on this date, 1973, the show Pajama Game opens at Lunt Fontaine Theater in New York City for 65 performances. Uh, some birthday, well-known birthdays in music. On this day, 1508, Gemma Frisless, who I think she also went by Jimmy Reinerzoon, who was a Frisian physician, mathematician, and instrument maker, also was the one that created the globe, was born in Dockham, Friesland, uh, passed away in 1555. On his day in 1610, Baldassar Ferry, who was a castrato singer from Italy, was born in Peruga, Italy. Uh, I think this, uh, he passed away in the year 1680, so he was about 70 years old. On his date in 1715, George Gottfried Petri, who was a composer from Germany, was born in Zari, Poland. He died in 1795. I believe he was about 80 when he passed away. And also in 1728, Pietro Alex Alessandro 
Guglielmi, who was an opera composer from Italy, was born in Massa, Tuscany, in Italy. He passed away in, in the year 1804. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let me see here. We did have one death, of course, in music history here, folks. Uh, Jenny Rivera passed away at the age of listening for the best. Uh, yes, passed away at the age of, of, of the, I believe it was around the age of 43. Um, she was born in 1969 and she passed away in, the, in, 2000, in 2012. And one wedding that took place here in uh, that took place here on this day in 2011, uh, Sinead O'Connor, who sang the song "Nothing Compares to You," who was 45 at the time, weds Irish therapist Barry Hedridge, who was 38 at the time, at the Little White Chapel in Las Vegas. So there you have it with your music uh, history here, of course, for today. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let us go ahead and go to uh, go to your, on this date here in sports. And we have some interesting stuff that took place here in, in, in the world of sports. Let's go right to it. A couple of events took place here in 1913. Number one, heavyweight Jack Johnson. Jim Johnson fight to, goes to a fight to a no decision in Paris. And also, John K. Tanier becomes president of baseball's National League. A couple of events took place on this day in 1922. Number one, first Australian Championships Women's Tennis in Sydney. Margaret Molesworth wins the inaugural title, beats fellow Australian Esna Boyd 6-3 and 10-8. Also, Australia Asian Championships Men's Tennis in Sydney. James Anderson wins first of three Australia Asian titles, beats fellow Australian Gerald Patterson 6-0, 3-6, 3-6, 6-3, 6-2. On this day in 1926, the United States Golf Association legalizes steel shaft golf clubs. On this date in 1931, baseball cuts squads from 25 to 23 players, and National League continues to prohibit uniform numbers. On this date in 1933, the CFL Grey Cup Athletic Park Serena, the Toronto Argonauts edge the Serena Imperials 4-3 for the third championship. And also in 1934 in the NFL, NFL Championship, Polo Grounds, New York City, the Giants defeat the Chicago Bears 30-13. to uh, Let's see here some birthdays here, of course, here in the world of sports. In 1853, Charles Oldhaus Radborn, who was a pitcher from right here in America, uh, had a 60-12 record in 1884, was born in Rochester, New York. He passed away in 1897. On his day in 1864, Willoughby Hamilton, who was a t- tennis player from Ireland, who won the eight- Wimbledon in 1890, was born in Monstrous Mon- Monastery, even Kildare. He passed away in 1943. In 1871, Joe Kelly, who was a baseball player who played for the Orioles, he was born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He also passed away in the year 1943. And also on his day in 1889, Hans Kolmanen, who was a long-distance runner from Finland, who won the Olympic gold in 1912, was born in Kupio, Finland. He passed away in 1966. Uh, two passings, of course, to take that took place here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see here. Uh see uh branch ricky i want to say he might have been probably an early baseball player i'm not, I'm not sure what what uh, what his sport what, what he, he was famous for in sports but he passed away at, at the age of he was around 84 years old when he passed away and also ladies and gentlemen Uh, Archie Moore passed away on this date in 1998. He would have been he, at the age of, of course, 85 years old. And 
One wedding to talk about here on the state in 1956, NBA player Bill Russell, who was 22 at the time, weds his college sweetheart, Rose Swisher. So there you have it there, ladies and gentlemen, with your uh, pop culture, uh, pop culture history and, uh, and birthdays here, of course, for today. Let's go just one more time. 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, ladies and gentlemen, on Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. This is episode number 231 of WCW US Outside the Ropes here. As we said, Wednesday, December 9th, 2020. Mr. WCW US, Chad Hinshaw, right here with you. Of course, the rest of the panel, wake you to the handle, of course, getting ready to, I'm sure right now, even as we speak, are preparing to catch here momentarily, of course, tonight, this week's episodes of AW Dynamite and NXT. Uh, but, of course, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that tomorrow night on NWO Wolfpack, 138-521-POUND at 9 o'clock. Uh, we will be, of course, discussing, of course, the results and, of course, our personal opinions about both of tonight's shows. And especially, of course, NXT, of course, which, would, which of course, obviously would be in the fallout from what happened, of course, on Sunday. So be sure to listen in on that, of course. And also keep in mind, before Wolfpack tomorrow night, don't forget to check out WCWS Wrestling Debate. 139-925-POUND. Be sure to join the Loose Cannon, Shaquille Cole, Cephas, and the NWO of Madness Kingdom as they discuss everything, of course, that's going on here in the world of wrestling. As we said, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, of course, Impact. Also, the, talk, we'll talk a little bit more further about the NXT War Game show, uh, the TLC show coming up, and several others, of course, that are bound to pop up here at some point down at some point here in the next, next, next little while. Be sure to check out Wrestling Debate, of course, 139-925-POUND at 7 o'clock, of course, and maybe a little bit after 7 o'clock, uh, right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. Shaq and the gang will love to definitely, definitely would love to hear from you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead, and we've got five wrestling stories, of course, to get you prepped for tonight's episode of Revolution. Uh, let's go ahead and bring those out here to you. The story came out from Jeremy Thomas as CM Punk discusses why a wrestler's union won't happen and also WWE stands on third-party platforms and also missing out on opportunities. CM Punk doesn't think a wrestler's union will happen because of a very, for a very specific reason. And he talked about it and WWE stands on third-party platforms with Renee Paquette. Punk was on Paquette's Oral Sessions podcast and talked, and talked about recent rumblings about wrestlers' unions in the wake of WWE's new stance on third-party platforms. That stance resulted in Zelina Vega being fired after she stayed active on Twitch and opened an OnlyFans account. And Punk discussed how some wrestlers get different rules than others. And here are some highlights. And of course, you also have the highlights of the full audio. You can also check on this page as well. CM Punk on if, on if he thinks wrestlers will unionize. CM Punk says no, and it's because there is no such thing as the boys. It, it is. It's a trump. It's all oh, we're on the road, and these people are our family. And like I said, once you're out of the bubble, you don't hear from anybody anymore. Those people don't pay your bills. There's always going to be a handful of people that, were un- that will undercut everybody else just to get ahead a little bit. And there seems to be a lot of people who not only are just a nature of boot, boot lickers, they, love, they just love the taste. You're supposed to lick the boot, not eat the entire thing. On WWE talent not being allowed to use Twitch and Cameo, Punk says, but this is where I get con- I'll get get com- controversial, and I'll piss a lot of people off. Yeah, so I don't know Xavier Woods. I met him in Atlanta. He was doing a dark match one time. He came up and asked me for advice, or maybe it was, hey, did you see my match? I don't know, and, and he was always a good wrestler. He could always do always could could always do everything, but, it, but there wasn't like a character for him at that time. And obviously, he's become a pretty big superstar. And from what I understand, he's big on Twitch. He's a big video gamer and all this other stuff. So I don't know what's going on with his Twitch channel. So I don't want to speak out out of turn about that. But like I just saw, he was petitioning to get a job with G4. Okay, does WWE get money from that? Why is it okay for him to do that? But Zelina Vega can't have a Twitch. On different different talent having different outside rules, CM Punk says, that was always my thing, and I think this, you know, people have labeled me a complainer or whiny because I would always be the guy to be like, 
wait, why is, why is so-and-so able to do this and others aren't? Because there are, there are always outside interests. I remember one particular person, got, I'm not going to name names, but one particular person got a role playing a wrestler because they knew somebody who was producing this television show for this certain channel. And then when it got shuffled to the office, it all of a sudden, no, you can't do that. And next thing you know, John Cena's doing it. They would literally take every single request that came through, they would funnel it to the one person that they wanted to be the face of the company. CM Punk on WWE turning down offers to market Punk. He says, I went, and he left. This is awesome. I went on that. I was a, it was a bachelor party for my buddy, buddy Jensen. Him and all his friends flew to Chicago because they all wanted to go to the AEW show. Of course, All In, which was the show. I skipped out of going to that because I thought it would be more of a, it would have been too much of a distraction, so I stayed back. So we did a bunch of other fun stuff. We went to a pinball factory here in Chicago where they make all the pinball games, like Midway. So we're there, and the guy giving us the tour, the guy who owned the factory and all these pinball machines in this company, was like, yeah, we wanted you on our WrestleMania WWE pinball machine. And they said no. I was like, what do you mean? They said no. They were like, no, don't put him on that. We want this guy on it. And we were like, oh, whatever. We just, oh, whatever. We just did it. Still to this day, I hear stuff like stuff like that where people be like, oh, we reached out and we had this offer for you, and they never and they never got back, or they say, or oh, it's like when THQ wanted me to be on the cover of the video game, and I was forwarded to the emails where they said, no, 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 Seamus Miz or John Cena. And to their credit, Bryce, who was the head of all that stuff, he was like, no, 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 we won't see him punk. He's like literally the guy right now, and that might change in six months, but we don't care. He's the popular guy. So check out, uh, check out, of course, uh, Renee Paquette, of course, formerly known as Renee Young. Check out her, of course, her podcast called Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette, of course, as she talks to, of course, CM Punk. So definitely check that out, folks. This story came out yesterday with some impact news here from Jeremy Thomas. When Kenny Omega segment was taped and also impact trends on Twitter, believe it or not. A new report has details on when impact wrestling taped their segment with Kenny Omega and Don Callis. PW Insider reports that the segment was taped on Saturday in Nashville, Tennessee. Omega, Callis, and Josh Matthews appeared in the main portion of the segment with Rich Swan appearing in an attached scene just before the main interview. <clears throat> hashtag impact on access TV impact typical hashtag for Twitter was trending also during last night's show. So very unique there indeed there folks. Very unique indeed. Jeremy Thomas also posted this story. Uh, Says somebody Kenny Omega teases going after the impact world title. And says that he has an uh, has an announcement. I believe it was actually uh, actually tonight. As a matter, today, as a matter of fact, Kenny Omega's much typed appearance on Impact Wrestling went down last night, and the AEW World Champion teased an announcement on Dynamite and hinted at going after the Impact World Title on last night's show. Omega had a sit down interview with Josh Matthews, and Don Callis was by Omega's side. Omega talked about his win over John Boxley for the World Title at, la at last week's Dynamite how it was the culmination of a plan that was a long time coming. Kyle spoke for the first part of the interview, but Omega took over in the back cap and said that he broke his gentleman's agreement with Moxley was a Moxley punching Callis. He went on to say that he would make an announcement on Dynamite just that he may collect the Impact World title, making an analogy between wrestling titles and his love for, of comics collecting as a kid. As noted, the show was huge, was huge for Impact with 55,000 streaming on Twitch. In addition to however many watched on Access TV, Impact normally does 2,500 to 3,500. So, very a jump up there for Impact indeed. And of course, speaking and of course, speaking of that here, uh, Jeremy Thomas has his story came out last night as Impact Wrestling sees a massive Twitch viewing bump with the AEW crossover. Impact Wrestling has already registered a major win with their, in their crossover with AEW, with Twitch viewing numbers going through the roof for tonight's show. Tonight's episode passed the 40,000 viewer mark by the first half hour of the show, smashing their previous record of concurrent viewers, which was 15,449, 
back on April 7, 2018. The peak viewership of the episode was 52,462. By comparison, last week's numbers peaked at 30,097 viewers. The show typically averages between 2,500 to 3,500 viewers, with some occasional spikes like the July 22, 2020 episode that did 8,023 concurrent viewers. Of course, 411 Mania does have a review of last night's impact, and there's a link on that page, if you, on this page, if you want to, of course, check it out. And one more quick wrestling story here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as Jeffrey Harris has this story, as an, the aftermath of Pat Buck following Sheamus and Drew McIntyre brawl, and also Adam Pierce calls for repercussions. As previously reported, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus got into a brawl backstage during, during, Monday's episode, during Monday's episode of Raw. During the scuffle, WWE official Pat Buck got caught in the fray and was hurt. Following Raw, WWE released a video of Adam Pearce and other officials helping Pat Buck get the medical. Of course, that clip is on this page right here if you want to check that out. Buck stayed on the incident. How am I feeling? How does it look like I'm feeling? My back hurts, my neck hurts, my pride hurts. We're in a perfectly good suit. You know, part of being a WWE official is trying to have order around here. We have WWE champion acting like a hooligan fighting with his buddy. Also, Adam Pierce commented on the brawl on Twitter, calling for repercussions. He tweeted, what happened, to, what happened tonight to at Buck Never Stops is unacceptable. There unfortunately must be repercussions. I'm so sorry for not getting there sooner, Pat. At hashtag WWE Raw. Of course, you can see the tweet down, down here as well. Later on Raw Talk, Drew McIntyre said, Sometimes brothers fight. You, you can, of course, also check out 411 Mania's full recap on that, on Monday night's Raw. Uh, Raw Talk, of course, there's a link on this page if you want to check it out as well. Seamus left a tweet saying, Pints. And Adam Pierce says, What happened tonight to ha at Buck, Buck Never Stops is unacceptable. There unfortunately must be reper reper repercussions. I'm so sorry we're not getting there sooner, Pat. Hashtag WWE Raw. So there you have it right there, folks, with some of the latest uh, wrestling uh, wrestling stories here coming out of 411 Mania here tonight. And, of course, that, that kind of wet your whistle here for what, for what we'll, we'll be talking about, of course, on Revolution, <clears throat> on Revolution here coming up here. At nine at nine o'clock. Speaking of revolution, ladies and gentlemen, while I have a few moments here, I would like to go ahead and point out something, something that happened, of course, last night. Uh, for those who, of course, are avid listeners who go back and listen to our show after the show is over, of course, we appreciate that. We always appreciate we always appreciate your thoughts and opinions on comments on everything. And please feel free to leave some on that. And also, of course, our pages in WWS on Facebook as well. Sometime towards the end of the broadcast, uh, someone, came, someone came on the show and started, started talking about uh, – Apparently, what he was insinuating, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it's, it's hard to really kind of put into words. But basically, I think what pretty much happened, folks, was that he was pretty much berating, uh, ber ber berating, uh, it was aimed towards at me, of course, with me being the host and the founder of the shows, for not talking about the subject at hand, which is professional wrestling. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, it was myself, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, uh, as, as well as the human suplex machine, John Gross, of course, on our chat box, and also through our video service, it was the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming. This individual was invited by the human suplex machine, John Gross. He's a member of John Gross's Sports and Pro Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. Now, and also, he is also, ladies and gentlemen, a someone who does know Mr. Gross very well. First off, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to point this out. I do want to apologize for my, my tone 
during the towards the end of last night's edition of Revolution 921. I know that I did not sound like my typical professional self. But when see I have been doing these shows at WCWS since the very first episode of Revolution was May 6, 2015. So over five years, I have been doing these shows without, without hesitation. I've been doing them with pride. I've been doing them with, 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 with compassion. I've been doing it with un, unmitigated will. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, I may not have been able to get through, through all, all these shows if it wasn't for, of course, some very dedicated people here, of course, who have come on to lend their thoughts and opinions about everything going on in the world of wrestling. Now, granted, we do talk about different things outside of wrestling. The show's primary focus, which is WWS Revolution, the Mothership Broadcast, I will go and point out, its primary discussion point is wrestling. That part I will not deny. However, we, of course, do talk about a little bit of things that are outside the wrestling realm. Yes, we do talk a few sports every once in a while. Yes, we do talk about some pop culture stuff every once in a while. John, of course, graciously brings us some pop culture history and birthdays during our episodes of Revolution, and we are very appreciative. One of the main pop culture topics we talked about last night, of course, was it be in history, was that it was the 40th anniversary of the untimely tragedy of legendary member of the Beatles, uh, John Lennon. And we were also set at the end of that show, of course, as you know, sometimes we normally play like a piece of music at the end of the show. The soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming, was also going to provide us with a very special surprise in honor of the late John Lennon. And we were all definitely looking forward to hearing this. But this particular individual that I am talking about decided to use this as a point as a point to come on and ramble, as he kind of put it, towards me about other things and all that, claiming that I do not stay on track and I don't do not talk about wrestling. To this gentleman, I will say this. We were discussing wrestling last night. We do talk about other things on our shows from time to time. We were talking about something else, you know, as well. And like I said, a very big time point that took place in the history uh, in, in this country's history and in the history of the world. But our primary focus has always been and will forever remain professional wrestling. That's what this this network and our groups on Facebook are slowly based on is professional wrestling. Classic or current, we talk about it. Bar none in the story. If this fella, if this gentleman, like I said, had not interfered in our broadcast, then we would have been able to take care of a lot more than we were hoping to do but unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, he prevented us from really, from, from, of course, prevented us from really doing some more big-time talks here about everything going on here in the world of wrestling. Now, to this man, I'll say this. My name is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw. I am the founder and creator of WCWS. I created the Facebook groups, the very first one in 2008. I've had I've had Facebook I've had over I have over 60 groups on Facebook that I've created in the last 12 years. I am also the, I am also the founder of the WCWS Radio Network. I started on talkshoe.com on May 6, 2015 with the very first episode of WCWS Revolution. Ever since that time it has grown to many, many other shows, including NWO Wolfpack, including Raw Radio, including Attitude Radio, including Wrestling Debate, Wrestling Revisited, Indie Outlook, Wrestling Profile, 
<clears throat> Power Hour WWS this morning. And of course, we haven't done a lot of these episodes in a while. But we are we are in 2021. That is that is that is going to change. We are going to be doing a lot more shows. You have you sir have the unmitigated gall and the nerve to come on our show. Even though yes, I I created it, but I but I do call it our show, especially the flagship show of WCWS. And berate me for saying I ramble about our talks about wrestling and everything else. Well, sir, I know that you also have a, like a little video that you post on different groups every once in a while, too. And I've listened to some of your stuff. And quite frankly, you're the one that's doing all the rambling, not me. I've probably been doing this twice as long as you have. So don't you ever come on this show again or granted sir and as much as I really hate to say this and may the good lord forgive me but there will be hell to pay I'm not the only one you I'm not the only one that you came that you came on and hurt last month you hurt my colleagues the Iceman Jared DiGirolamo the Soul Man Justin Lewis Fleming and even a good friend of yours, the human suplex machine, John Gross, who's been a very valued member of WCWUS for many years as well. So don't you ever come in here, sir, and berate my show again, or any of our shows, and do that again. Because if you do, I will see to it personally that you are removed from any online podcast you will never be able to spread any, any lies or whatever that you're that you that you're currently probably spreading. I'm sure you probably spread some about about us after what you did last night. Don't you ever come in here and do that again, or I'll make absolutely certain that you that you don't live long that that you. <clears throat> That you live long enough to actually regret what you have done. And of course an apology from you would not hurt as well. So keep that in mind if you ever listen to any of our other shows besides Revolution. You will pay for your your words one of these days. It's going to come back and bite you in the rear end. Because you have no balls. So you better keep that in mind. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to end it on such a very sour note like that. But, of course, we thank you very much for listening in here to episode number 231 of WSWS Outside the Ropes. Of course, I am, once again, Mr. WSWS Chad Henshaw, of course, letting you know. Please feel free to check out all of our groups, of course, here on Facebook, of course, including Entertainment Cavalcade, Sports Roundup, Game Show Alley, uh, Movie Channel, uh, <coughs> Location of animation. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, our tribute groups to Don Rickles and Johnny Carson, as well as, of course, Whose Lines It Anyway. Also, of course, uh, our wrestling tribute groups, ladies and gentlemen, including OVWUS, ECWUS, AWAUS, WCCWUS, NWAUS, GCWUS, NJPWUS, so on and so forth. Also, ladies and gentlemen, check out the video vlog where we have a lot of great wrestling promos and matches. Of course, we'll be post every day. Also, of course, check out Women of WCWUS for our female wrestling fans. We've got some great ladies matches on there, not just from WWE, but we've got some of them from AEW, some from Impact, some from the Independence, Ring of Honor, you name it, we've got them on there. Also, check out Motor Week Retro Review, Cards of the Past, Power Rangers Protecting the Power, and many other groups, of course, that we have up there and running lanes. We, we, we encourage you, of course, to check out everything that we've got up here, of course. And please feel free to leave your thoughts and opinions on everything that we have currently, that we have currently, of course, uh, that we have currently, of course, up there even as we speak. <clears throat> 231 of Outside the Ropes is, of course, a broadcast of the WCWS radio network right here, of course, on TalkShoot.com. 
but we are, of course, five years older and continuing to be bolder. Radio Network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Folks, take care of yourselves and each other. We will see you, of course, on the red carpet. And as always here in the WWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. Take care and God bless here, folks. <clears throat> as always, ladies and gentlemen, of course, keep your hands clean, keep yourself clean, and of course, definitely do a whole lot of praying as we, of course, continue to get through, of course, this situation, this pandemic situation. <clears throat> and of course, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the one and the only, the WCW US Radio Network. Take care and God bless, folks. We'll talk at you on Revolution 922 coming up in one hour and a half. Take care and God bless and stay safe.